we go. That's the way to start. I just want to thank you guys too for caring so much for me this past week because I really did feel drained and carried through a lot. It was a heavy week, so I really felt that and just so thankful for this family here that we have. It's wonderful. Last week we talked about building our houses on the rock, how a wise man builds his house on the rock, which is the word of God. And when the storms come, his house stands because it's built on the rock. And those that are foolish, or the Bible amplified says stupid, build their house on the sand. And when the winds and the rains come, their houses topple. And we're going to continue kind of in this vein because this past week, this is what has just been steady on my own heart. Um, You all know my friend Mariana lost her husband in a tragic accident. And being there with her, I was helping to comfort and just take care of the boys and lift any other extra load so she could have some time to grieve. Um, but I was observing her a lot, and I shared this with her as well. I was just watching, you know, how how was she handling things, you know, to, to see if I could provide another spot for her to be able to get away and scream or cry or whatever she needed to do. Um, so many times throughout the week, she would begin to just cry. You know, her the shock would lift, it would hit her again, and she would just begin to sob. It could be mid-conversation, it could be, you know, just doing whatever, and it just all of a sudden would hit her. Um, and I noticed she would cry for anywhere from 30 seconds, 15 seconds to a minute or something, not very, very long. And then she would close her eyes, and she would just I could see it in her face. She was talking to the Lord. She was talking to the Holy Spirit. And as she would talk to him in her mind and in her heart, you could visibly see peace come over her. And then she would stop crying, open her eyes, and continue. And that happened so many times, you know, because it's not that we, when we're in the Lord, we talked last week about how that scripture, it says a storm came for the one that built their house on the rock, the storm still came. The one who built their house on the sand, the storm came. The difference was, were they steady through it or not? And we as believers and as the family of God, when we build ourselves on his word, on his truth, and have it in us, when the storms come, it's still hard. It's not easy. It doesn't make it any lighter in any way. She feels the same amount of pain and grief and heartache. The difference is she has this relationship with God and eternity in her heart that says there's hope. So even though I'm heartbroken, there's hope that I'm going to see my husband again. Our boys will get to live for eternity with their father, even they didn't know him in this life. And that's hard that's not easy. She's allowed to ha- be angry and cry, and you know she needs to in the process of grief. But the difference is, it's not without hope. Whereas in the world, difficult things come, and we even talked about Carrie last week. She had lost her son, and she gave up. 
and she would say that herself, I believe. She just, she did. When we went over her house, she just gave up. She blamed God. There was hurt. There was pain. And we have a choice in these moments to either lean into God or we'll push away from him. And pushing away from him does us no good because it leaves us in greater depression. He's hope. He's peace. But we want to express anger somehow, and we think it's he's the best one, which is foolish on our part because we, it, we're left in more loneliness and heartache. And um, there are these scriptures that I want to read today that are the main meat of this message because we're not trying to produce fear in saying that the storms are going to come. It's just a part of life. We live in a fallen world with sin around us, with consequences of our own lives, with an enemy who hates us. We're in this fallen state. So it's not this fearful thing like, oh, watch out. At any corner, you know, something bad might happen. That's not the, the message here. The message is we need to be prepared for whatever storms may come. And that, that preparation doesn't happen within the storm. The storm brings out what's already there, what's already been cultivated. It's going to, the you know, that analogy, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, there's a cup and there's a clean cup with dirty water in it and a dirty cup with clean water in it. And when you jostle the cup, it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside, what's inside is going to come up, come out. And it's going to be seen. And it's the same way in struggle or difficulty. When we're tested and tried and the shaking starts to come, what's on the inside already is going to be what's coming out. You can't all of a sudden at that point say, oh, I hope there's clean water there. Or I hope there's this source of peace that's there. No, that's what we need to cultivate now. That's the importance of meditating on the word of God, getting it so in us that we say we believe it, we believe it. Because when the hard times come, it tests that. It's going to try that place in us. We'll say, do you really believe? Even I've shared um, openly with you guys, when Judex died, I was tested in this place of God's goodness and protection. It tested this place of, do I believe God is good? Do I believe that he protects us and that's his truth and that's his word and that no matter what circumstance looks like, I'm just not seeing the full picture. I don't fully understand it. I can't fully see, but I can know for a fact that God is good because he says he is. I can know for a fact that God is faithful because he says he is. And I can know for a fact that he is our protection because he says that he is and he can't lie. So if he can't lie and that's true, then something was happening that I didn't fully understand. I didn't see the full picture. So I rest. That pushes me into leaning into God to say, okay, God, I don't understand. You're going to have to hold me and help me. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. This is one of my favorite scriptures. But it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, 
so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort. We don't want you to be unaware of our affliction, which came to us, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. That's Paul. I mean, I think of Paul as like one of the steadiest people (laughs) in the word of God, and he endured so much. And he's saying here, we despaired. I don't want you to be unaware and think just because I'm saying, oh, we have this God of all comfort and he comforts us. And it sounds so pleasant, like I'm talking about affliction. But you might think, well, Paul, what affliction did you go through? Or we might think that of each other. You know, when someone says, don't worry, God will comfort you and you're you're in affliction and you're like, uh, have you ever been through affliction before? You know, it's almost this. What have you even gone through to know? What loss have you experienced? What suffering have you gone through? And so Paul says, I don't want you to be unaware of this suffering that I'm talking about that we've gone through. I want you to know that we have endured so much suffering that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength. I don't know if you've ever felt that before. I definitely have where I felt way beyond my own strength. I felt like I couldn't carry it anymore. And maybe it was a day. I remember when I was sick with chikungunya, there were days that I was so depressed, I did not feel like I could go on with life. I was burdened excessively beyond what my own strength, even in the Lord, could handle at that moment. And he still carried me. He still comforted me, even though I didn't feel it right in that moment. He was still there. Paul saying so that they despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust ourselves. And isn't that incredible? He's saying we had this thing that so afflicted us, this suffering that was so hard for us. And God allowed it so that we'd come to a point in our lives that we did not trust ourselves that we had the strength. You know, we can become so arrogant in our lives when we think, oh, yeah, no suffering. Like, I'm doing good. I can handle this, blah, blah, blah. And then the suffering comes, and it shows us our weakness. It shows us the frailty of our lives. It shows us our desperate need for Jesus. You know, when your finances get attacked or afflicted, and it starts to pressure you, all of a sudden you realize you can't do it on your own. No matter how much you work, no matter how hard you work at your job, it doesn't matter. That affliction comes and you all of a sudden realize, God has to be my provider. I can't trust myself. I can't put my trust in my own ability to make things happen. The same with any other tragedy or difficulty that comes in our life. 
it's there too, whether it comes from the enemy, whether it comes from circumstances, whether God allows it for a specific purpose, all of it should bring it us to this place of saying, I can't trust myself. I have nothing good in me. I don't have the strength to carry me through the difficulty. I lean into God. And we must cultivate this place in the secret place. Because when difficulty comes, like my dear friend Marianna, who has cultivated years of leaning into God, leaning into God in the most difficult times that and in the good times, enjoying his presence, that when this most devastating thing happened to her, she's still able to close her eyes, get alone with God, and hear his sweet voice bring her peace, even just for 15 minutes until she breaks down again and needs it again, or however long each of those stages last. If we don't have that, we could go into despair easily, very easily. It says so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Verse 9, verse 10, who delivered us from so great a peril of death and who will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. We set our hope on the one who will deliver us. He has delivered us, and he will again deliver us again and again and again and again. And that's our steadying hope, that even in the midst of confusion, pain, suffering, heartache, we have this hope that God is our deliverer, and he will deliver us. He will bring us through it. Along with that, this is a common scripture, but it's been hitting my heart in tandem with the scripture in um, Corinthians. And I'm going to say the, the reference, and you're going to know it by heart because it's one we always memorize, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Lean not on your own understanding. Well, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And I love, I've been thinking about this. Do not lean on your own understanding. In a time of hardship, when something in the natural looks like a just storm around me, I can't lean on my own understanding of what this is. Do not lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge God. That shows, like, I'm not going to look and try to understand the situation. Instead, I'm turning my back to the situation that's the storm, and I'm going to acknowledge God. Because when we turn our back on the, the hardship, the difficulty, the situation, and we acknowledge God, we all of a sudden realize He is great. He is bigger than our hardship. He is bigger than the difficulty. And even if it's producing great pain and hardship in you, you still recognize he's good. He's seated on the throne. This is a temporal life. It says in this world, you will have trouble. You will have hardship. Jesus told the disciples, in this world, you will have trouble trouble but do not fear i have overcome the world 
So he's saying, again, the same message. It's going to come. Hardship's going to come. It's part of this life. It's part of the fallen world. But don't fear. Don't be troubled. Don't be weighed down because I have overcome the world. Again, acknowledge me. Acknowledge who I am. Take your thoughts captive. And Mariana was saying that this whole week. I need to take my thoughts captive. Wes, it's been so hard. And I've just, it's been so hard to take my thoughts captive because I want to go and think of these things. But I have to take control of my thoughts. Now, if she hadn't practiced, this is what I was thinking the whole week. If she hadn't practiced taking her thoughts captive with the smaller things, she wouldn't be able to do it right now with this ginormous thing. And I felt this thing, and even in my own heart, Wesley, practice taking your thoughts captive right now. Right now. Because when the difficult thing comes, if you're not doing it well now, you sure aren't going to do it well then. And you'll be tormented by your thoughts. There is this exhortation and this crying out, I believe, from the Spirit. I heard it this morning, and because I didn't want to just preach from my experience this past week, I asked the Lord again this morning, Lord, what, what do you have for us as a community here? What are you speaking? And I heard him loud as, like, clear, clearly. Take your thoughts captive. Practice my presence. And then this last verse is what I heard. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. When I was memorizing this verse when I was younger, I would always do that. Do not be anxious for anything, but in prayer and supplication, present your request to God, and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This is a promise of God. When he says, do not be anxious for anything, that really is not just a general statement like, oh, yeah, but sometimes it's allowed here. It's literally saying anything. Do not be anxious about your finances. Do not be anxious about the future. Do not be anxious or fearful or wondering about what time is going to bring you or what the future is going to hold or what hardship is going to come your way. Do not be anxious. But when you feel that anxiety coming, present your requests to God. The worry, the hardship, whatever is in your heart, present it to God. Take it. Again, you're saying, I'm turning my back on what's causing anxiety, the hardship, and I'm going to acknowledge God. I'm going to present these requests to him. And then when I do that, the peace of God, which passes my understanding, will guard my heart and my mind. It's what we did this morning. You know, we came in, we were able to share each one of us the things heavy on us. So many different things. We shared it, and then we cast our requests onto the Lord. And his command from that place, his promise, is that then the peace of God, and I don't know about you, but at the end of that prayer time, I had felt like I had just emptied out the concerns of my heart before the Lord, and he replaced it with something. And that's the goodness of God. 
because it doesn't mean that our circumstances all of a sudden changed. They haven't yet. Terry's not yet healed, and it's a heavy thing. Mariana's situation didn't change. But that's not the point of it. The point is that we don't carry. We feel the weight, and then we cast it onto the Lord, and his peace comes and guards our hearts and our minds, and it's peace that washes us, and it surpasses our understanding. And Proverbs 3 says, do not lean on your own understanding. This is the peace that passes our understanding. It's beyond what we can comprehend. begins to carry us and keep us. And this is, I believe, what the, the encouragement now for us is that we must prepare ourselves now. We must gird ourselves in truth, ground ourselves in with the little things, the little worries of our day. We have to practice this, turning away from the worry, turning away from the hardship and acknowledging God in that place, in our minds. You know, I've shared this before, but I have a struggle in my mind. My mind can be used for tremendous things in the Lord, but there's vain imaginations there that cause fear and anxiety. And the Bible says to cast down vain imaginations, right? That's taking your thoughts captive. I'm not going to, what's the point of thinking of all the worst things that could happen? I shared with you all that once when Dex died, I had this tremendous fear of Tommy dying suddenly. Weeks later, my one of my closest friends has it happen to her. If I had not been practicing this, I'm going to take my thoughts captive. I'm not going to do that anymore. When this happened to her, I could very well have easily fallen into this pit of, I can't go out to visit her. I've got to protect him. I've got to be close. And uh, what? Can I do that? No. That a- that's anxiety. That's produced by fear. But when I say, no, I'm going to trust God that he knows I'm not going to lean on my understanding, my own understanding. I'm taking my thoughts captive. I'm going to trust the Lord. And I'm going to be resolute in it because his word says so. I will not be shaken by the storms that come, no matter how big, no matter how small. And if they're difficult, yeah, I'll let the tears flow. I'll let the anger flow. We see David doing that all through scripture. But the point was that he was turning towards God and casting it on to the Lord. He was exchanging it. It's not saying we have to ignore it. It's saying acknowledge this cast it on to him, and receive the exchange. These were just questions I asked myself. If I'm anxious now, when things are good, what will happen when tragedy strikes? If we don't trust now through the good times, how will we trust through the harder times or the tough times? How are my thoughts now? And this is this these were a couple of challenges I felt for us now, just between you and the Lord throughout this week, even. How are your thoughts throughout the week? Are you holding them captive? Are they producing anxiety or fear in you? Or are you taking them and acknowledging God who He is, what His word says He is? How do you control your emotions now? That was a big one for me. 
because it starts in the mind, and if I let this go and have its full reign, then my emotions get full wrapped up in it, and I can get angry and cry or be whatever, have all this stuff come out. It they're linked to one another. So how are your thoughts doing? Are you taking them captive? And then how are your emotions? How are you taking control of your emotions? Are you acknowledging God with your emotions, putting them on him? And what is your outlook on life now? Because when tragedy comes, you're like, life stinks, right? This is so hard. If we're already saying that and we haven't, you know, we're just having these little issues and we're like, oh, this stinks. I wish my life was different, blah, 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 blah. You know, if your life's like that now, what's going to happen when the harder stuff comes, when the bigger storms come? You will despair of life. But if you're able to now, through difficult situations, say, God, this is hard, but you are good. This is not easy, but life is good because you are my life. You are in my life. You give me peace. Do you acknowledge him? Are you doing that now? What is your outlook on your life now? My mom constantly was saying that she, she what was it? Um, she had a phrase about thankfulness, but pretty much the essence of it was that you're going to see someone's walk with the Lord by how thankful they are in their day-to-day circumstances. She had a specific phrase that she used. I can't remember. You're going to see how steady, how grounded someone is that has this thankful, positive look on life that's thankful in the good and the bad and the ugly that says, I'm not going to be moved by the circumstances that come my way. They might be hard. They might shake me up a little bit but I'm going to constantly acknowledge the goodness of God. And that's what the world is going to see. We talked about that last week. They're going to see a people, a family that's grounded in truth, that when we lose someone we love, for instance, we express grief, we go through that, but we are still able to function. We are receiving peace. We are receiving joy. We're receiving life from him, the source. And the world will look on and say, how? Or when you're struggling in your finances and your family knows about it and you're still totally at peace, they'll say, why aren't you worried? Aren't you worried about what's going to happen? You don't have the money. To, d- to cover your expenses. And you go, oh, yeah, I know. But you know who does and who is my provider. I trust him. He is good. That's what my mom, di- my mom for sure taught me that. My mom and dad when they were together and then my mom throughout the rest of the life because we were very poor. And she would tell stories. They have countless stories of food showing up on our doorstep. I remember Sundays we would come home and there would be stacks of food covering our front door. Because, you know, feeding 12 children is a lot of money. A full stack of food, and we'd all, uh, you know, as, ki- as a kid, I didn't realize what that was. I didn't realize that was provision from God. I just was like, oh, so cool, we get bread and snacks, like stuff we didn't 
usually have. Like, oh, I get snacks through the week and get excited, bring everything in. Or she'd be cleaning and find a $100 bill underneath a, a lamp in her living room or, a, you know, a book. Whether that was someone who put it there and hid it there for a purpose that God used or he supernaturally placed money in her home, we'll never know. But the provision was there. And she trusted God through very difficult times. And this is what I want to have. It's almost like a scary place because you can't control it. You know, you you let go of control. You take a deep breath and you say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what comes my way. I'm letting go of the control of trying to control my circumstances to try to make it so difficulty doesn't come. Instead of doing that, this week especially, start to examine or allow the Holy Spirit to examine your life, your thoughts, your emotions, anxiety, and say, I'm going to start to practice taking these thoughts captive, turning to the Lord and throwing them onto him. Anytime I have an anxious thought, no matter what it's about, I'm going to present it to God as a request and receive his peace in exchange. And we must do this now. It's an exhortation from the Spirit. Do this now. Practice it now so that whatever, whatever comes, we're steady. So, Father, we, we need your help with this because we are weak and life can be tough and hard. And the things that come our way can seem overwhelming at times. But, Lord, today I pray that you would help us to turn away from the hardship, to turn away from any suffering and to acknowledge who you are. And we do that even right now. We acknowledge your goodness. We acknowledge your faithfulness. Lord, we cast our cares at your feet. We exchange it for your peace to wash over us. Let your peace guard us, Lord. Our heart and our minds. And we acknowledge you in all our ways so that you'll make our paths straight, clear. I thank you for that today, God. I thank you for your goodness towards us and faithfulness to guide us every single step of the way. We love you, Lord, and we're thankful. And we give you today, Lord. We give you our lives fresh and new today. Keep us. In Jesus' name. Amen.